We've been in this series, guys. We've been in this series. I know y'all remember the series. Have y'all been with me these last two or three weeks? What series have we been in? Don't, don't be a shy, say it. Coming in hot. You, that's cheating, you know. <laughs> We've been in this series, this little quick three-week series called We Coming In Hot. And I thought we would end the year in this thing coming in hot. Getting ready for 2023. We're not going to wait for January 1st to get ready. We're going to come in hot. We're planning our fasting. We're making a plan. And this week, I'm going to jump right in. And this, this week, our, our lesson title is God's plan. Now, what's your plan? And see, I thought about something. And as I think about this, I'm like, well, God has a plan for us. But then what's our plan? Because I can get up here and preach to you every week about what God want to do for you in 2023 and what you should be doing for 2023. But it really, at the end of the day, what's your plan? And I thought since it's the end of the year, and I know I do little crazy stuff, I thought let's have some fun. Who, anybody was at the White Fest? Raise your hand you at the White Fest. Oh, y'all was up in there. We kicked it, didn't we? So I thought let's have some fun. It's the end of the year, and I'm about to put Pastor Jordan on ice. Ha <laughs> ha. I hope you're ready, buddy. Get you a mic. So get off the camera, you're coming with me. So I thought, we, I thought we would do something fun. And for everybody who missed the Way Fest, and this is for my teens, God, tell my teens, I got y'all. I know y'all been in here with us. I want him to spit some bars for us. And though Pastor Jordan be having all the, the Christian bars. Oh, he got he putting his jacket on. Oh, it's about to go down. It's about to go down. Hey, God's plan. Now, what's your plan? This is how we kicking this lesson off today. Give me, give me, my, give me my track. <laughs> Y'all ready? Ah, uh, Mr. Josh! Alright. Look, I said, when I brag on Jesus, they rag on me, but I've been made new. See these tags on me? Jesus, the truth, what you mad at me for? My aim is for him, but yours blast for me. He's the king of kings, get a grip. Pay on your dad, it's still left you a tip on the wages of sin. But Jesus took a check, he did the script. He gave it a flip, but there's only one obstacle. This also not true. Let no one force you to choose to repeat. Quick out is possible, ain't no one stopping you. You just relax and relay on the street. I'm not who I used to be, this is who I choose to be. Yet I don't like simply on news to me. No more confusion, or sisters abusing me. If God be for me, who can disapprove of me? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, we gotta keep him, we gotta keep him on ice, y'all. Yeah, give Pastor Jordan a hand, a little quick hand for you. We gotta keep him on ice, y'all. Keep him sharp, keep him sharp. Keep him sharp. We ain't here to take the whole winter off and not write no bars. Now you gotta write it. We heard that one now, so you got to write something new now. <laughs> but God's plan now, what's your plan? And this is what I start to think about. I'm an engineer by, by training. I got a master's degree. I got a bachelor's degree. I got a social degree. I've been training. And I worked in this field for almost 10 years. I'm an engineer. And, and what do engineers do? We design blueprints. I don't do construction, but I design the work that the construction workers do. Now, this is what happens. I'll make something and design something and spend my time going through calculations and measurements and structural measurements and working with other programs and city ordinances and everything to get this game, to get this plan right. And then I send it over for them to construct. Now, this is the thing. We have something called ass builds. So after I send them what to construct, they send me back what they did. And I'll look at my design compared to what they did and I say, uh-uh. Or sometimes the, the bill come back and I'm like, oh, I messed up, I messed up. I mean, they, they actually are out there seeing what I don't see. So it may be a stump right there I didn't see or a, a power line that I didn't check and I missed. And I'm like, well, God does the same thing with us. He gives us a blueprint and then we go out in life and we look at the blueprint and say, okay, 
I'm going to do this part, this part, this part, but I ain't going to tithe. I'm not going to come every Sunday. I'm going to come every second Sunday. This happens. We come back and we do what we have an ass built. And all of us are going to have to report to God one day our ass built. What we do with our life according to what he said the plan was. In the last two weeks, we learned this last week. We have destiny. We have purpose. Where every, all of our purpose is the same. We are to glorify God and love our neighbor. Glorify God in everything we do and love our neighbor. That's the purpose of every Christian is while we're here, to glorify God in everything we do and love our neighbor as ourselves. And then we all have different gifts and callings that we use to carry out that purpose that gets us to destiny. Destiny is the divine place that God wants us to end up at. And so I'm like, well, if he give us the blueprint for it, I don't even want to waste my time talking about what he want to do unless we're going to choose to do it. So I thought today, and let me stop here for a minute, because we like to do this. We like to call our plan God's plan. Let me talk about myself. I got pregnant when I was 17. I had a baby in high school. I was a junior. I was a straight kid. And I got a baby at 17 years old. Now, I just dropped that baby off, that 19-year-old baby at Yale a few months ago. He's amazing. Like, he is absolutely amazing. He, I've, I've actually to this day, I've never met a kid or a person I'm like him. Like, he was like six years old, and he would go talk to Pastor Ant and, and his auntie E, and they'll be talking to him because Pastor Ant is really an intellect. So he likes, he would like trading words with him because he was such an intellectual at six or seven. And he would go up, Pastor Ant, like, I don't do iPhones, enjoy. Like, he would sit here and have these conversations with his uncle, like, back then, and it was just so intriguing to watch this little boy. Like, he was, he, he's never had a beast since, like, third grade. Like, he's never been disrespectful until now when he went to college. I dropped him off. He just switched him. I don't know who what kid that is now. He's sending me the voicemail, like, every day. Like, I'm like, I check, like, really? It's like that? But, like, he's been awesome. Like, until he was an adult, I, he ain't never gave me no problems, for real. So, what we like to, what I, what we like to do is say, that was God's plan. See how amazing he is? God's plan. Well, actually, that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was for me to keep my boxers up until I got married. That actually wasn't his plan that I had a baby at 17. That actually wasn't his plan. But what we do since God, that's actually, there. here we go, that was God's grace. See, grace is him giving us what we don't deserve. So what that was, God said, even though you, was, you disobeyed me, you had sex out of wedlock, you had a baby when you was a baby, and now I, I, I took care of him and got him through. I gave you grace. Because we look at statistically, What's supposed to happen to young males his age with, 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 with a broken two-parent, co-parent home lifestyle? Statistically, he was supposed to be in the streets. He was supposed to have smoked all kind of drugs by now. He was supposed to have a baby by now. He was supposed to be in gangs. Statistically, he wasn't supposed to make it, but that was God's grace. That wasn't God's plan. And what we do is turn our plan into God's plan. God said no sex until marriage. He didn't say try it out a little bit beforehand, and then he didn't, that's not his plan for you. He said, honor me in all you do. He said, forgive and love that neighbor. He didn't say three strikes you out. That was our standard. And what's the use of us sitting here and me telling you everything God want to do for you? Give me, give me my blueprints. Give me A. I need y'all to show me A. Give me a carousel or something. Put A up. These are some blueprints. I see living room, bedroom, dining room, living room. You really can't see the house from this, though. It looks cool, second floor, but you really can't see. I mean, that looks cool, the front elevation. That looks really good, but you really can't. See that. It's the blueprints. It's the layout. It's, it's what, what, are, what are the dimensions of the bedroom, what a bathtub is supposed to be. Then it's another set of plans for plumbing, another set of plans for HVAC, another set of plans for structural. You have all these different blueprints. There's plans for different levels and sections of life. Give me B. But we don't see that's how it's supposed to look at the end. Look at that. Now, anybody want to live there? See, what we do is we look at the plans and we don't understand them. 
See, we haven't trained enough in our word. We haven't consecrated enough in our word. So the plans look like mumbo-jumbo to us. So we'll take the plans and say, let's make our own plan that we can understand. See, this is one thing God does. He'll if you, either give you the end result, the pot at the end of the go, and not the process, or he'll show you the process and won't show you where you're going. He'll either show you where it's going to end up at and where you're going and not the process, or he'll show you the process and not where it's ended up. it got to be some faith in there. And see, a lot of us will look at them pictures of the, of, the, of the blueprints and say, screw this. I don't understand what God is doing. I don't, I, I don't, I don't even want to try to learn this. It's too difficult. No, thank you. I'll make my own plans. But what we don't know is really what God was intending for us is that big, beautiful mansion with the pool and the river in the back with the little koi flowing through the pool. We, don't, we didn't see that because we was too busy stuck on the, in the middle of our plan. Our, our, our calling was to obey. So I want to ask you a question. What can't come into 2023 with you? And I want to read this now. Are you going to obey? Because this is like, I want to call this obey day. Are you going to obey? It's really as simple as that. We can do all this other stuff, but it's a choice to obey God or not. We can come in here and be holy and do all the cool things, but we're going to choose to obey his word or we will not. It is quite simple to that. Are, are you going to obey? In 2023, will you fully obey the voice of the Lord? Not your voice, but his voice. Let me describe voices. Because we say, I did obey his voice. I've heard this so much. I, I did what God said. God did not say that. What God tells you will always align with his word. He will never tell you anything that goes against his word. He will never do that. So how, my first thing when somebody say God told me is that... That ain't that ain't his word, bro. You did not hear from God. You heard from yourself. That was your blueprint, not his blueprint. But let me explain his voice. The teaching and your personal reading of his word, principles, standards, and direction from the Holy Spirit, and your God-appointed leaders. That's where his voice would come from. The teaching and your personal reading of his word, his principles, standards, and the direction from the Holy Spirit and your godly appointed leaders. Okay, example of his voice. I'm gonna give you because y'all still. Y'all, y'all won't, we're gonna make this plain. Holy Spirit, help because I can't say what I want to say. I don't want to be that real. Okay. God said, don't forget that, don't, don't, my neighbor, just don't forgive that neighbor. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me God's plan for me, but I can't forgive her. She do too much. I can't do it. But his Bible says, his plan says, remember you said the reading of his word, his plan says, Forgive 70 times 7 a day. In other words, limitless forgiveness. But you just don't want to do it. So since you don't want to do it, the first time she made a mistake, you decided, I'm done. I don't have to be around her anymore because God said I protect my peace and keep my little bubble and all that stuff we say. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. It will be a time that God will release you. But we're supposed to do all we possibly can to have reconciliation and peace before that. I'm going to keep hitting on y'all because let's be honest, this is a big one for us. I feel like this is my, my wife, my husband. God said, this is the one. Like, I just know it. Like, I just can feel it. This is the one, bro. Like, I just know it. But literally, they will not worship and come to church with you. They don't want to hear about God. When you say it's Bible study, you want to read the Bible, ah, I'm busy. Like, they're against everything that you stand for. That's not God's plan. He said, don't be unequally yoked. His word tells you, do not do that. Here we go again. Flee from fornication. 
the, the God's plan. He says run from it because it's that strong that if you even get close to it, it's going to suck you in. So flee. Well, I mean, we just be chilling in, and, you know, like, we just be hanging out, and it really ain't a big deal, bro. And, I mean, I'm saying, well, where else are we going to go? Okay, he said flee. Like, don't tell me what God is saying. I don't know about giving the church my money. Like, I mean, I ain't really into all that. Like, I mean, it's cool. I give a little bit here and there, you know what I'm saying? I ain't really into that whole child type stuff. No, I ain't got that much. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to just do this. Did you just set your own blueprint? Because he says his plan was first fruit. I want to be first. See, this is not even even a tithe thing. It's a first thing. I want to be first. And some of us have been doing the same thing, working the same job forever. We think we okay, and we would have, God would have been blessed us. But he's not first. So we made him second, third, fourth, fifth. So that's you're not going to get anything from him. Will we obey the voice of the Lord? God's plan, now what's your plan? So we don't have points today. I got some warnings for us. I got some motivations. I want us to take a look at the Bible and all the men and women who God said, here's, my, here's the blueprint. This is what I want you to do. This is your calling. This is what I want for your life. This is what I want for you. Here's the blueprint. And see what our other brothers and sisters in Christ, what they did when God revealed himself to them. Let's look at it. Let's start here. Warning number one. Don't be like Zechariah. Don't doubt God. Now watch this in Luke chapter 15. Y'all remember Zechariah, this is Elizabeth's husband. If you was here last week, we talked about the pregnant, how Elizabeth was pregnant, and John jumped in her womb. This is her husband. Now watch this in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. When Herod was a king of Judah, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were, they were both very old. One day, verse 8, Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was, uh, was a duty that, that week. Verse 9, as, as was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by a lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was burning, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Here we go. Here come the blueprint. Standing at the... Standing to the right of the altar... Uh, to, to the right of the incense altar, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear. When he saw him... But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you will name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth. Now, he just gave him the blueprint. Name him John. He said, you will have great rejoice and gladness. This is what I'm about to do for you. I've heard your prayer. Here's a blueprint to destiny. For you having John the Baptist going to be making way for my, my, my Christ, for Christ Jesus. Here's the blueprint. Let's see what John does. Verse 16, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming Lord. He will turn their hearts of the, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. He will cause who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. He gives them the blueprint. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? Really? Now you're in church worshiping. Like, let's set this in context. He's in the temple. He's in church worshiping and praying. God appears to him. I heard your prayer. 
I got you. He gives him a full blueprint. This is what you're going to name him. This is how you're going to rejoice. This is what's going to happen. He's going to free people. He's going to pay the way. Boy, I've heard your prayer. I'm going to open up your womb. You and your wife are old. Boom, I, I got you. How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now. and My wife is also very, uh, well along in years. That's your response. God is giving you a plan, and your plan is not to turn around and obey, but to challenge it. Verse 19, then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. I know KOT version. <laughs> you know when parents and your kids say something, you got to recheck them and let you know who you are? This is Gabriel. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. Who do you think that you are? See, I asked myself why he just asked a question, but the question wasn't a problem. God doesn't mind our questions. He, that, that was doubt in his heart. God, God didn't mind him asking questions. Y'all remember Mary? She asked a ton of questions. And then she turned around to obey. He doubted God. So what happens then, then, then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. How dare you? He said, it was he who sent me to you to bring you this good news. But now, since you don't believe, Mr. Doubter, what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Don't doubt God. He's giving you a word for your life. He's giving you an opportunity to be blessed. He's giving you the game plan for your life. And all you got to say back is, I'm old. How, how I know this is going to happen. And you in church, full of, full of the speaking of the tongues and everything. Just worshiping and everybody outside praying for you. And you in there, how I know this is going to happen. And he's appeared to you everything you've been waiting for. For God to open the biggest door for you. And your response is, I'm old. How I know this is going to happen? Doubt. You don't believe, you literally, you literally, he's literally looking at the angel like, cat, you cat, full of cat. He says, for that, you won't speak until the baby is born. Since you, since you got so much belief, take the nine months off, buddy. You don't need to use your tongue. And his mouth, you keep reading, don't open up until they start to ask since she has the baby, and they start to debate what to name him. And then finally, John, you ready? John, I was on this mouth board. He screamed, John, we naming him John. I bet you ready to talk now. One and number two, don't be like Moses. God doesn't want to hear your excuses or how you can't get the job done. Now, we talked about this last week. Remember, in two, in almost two full chapters, Moses is excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. And he just appeared to you in a burning bush. You're seeing a bush, putting your hand in it, it's not even burning up or nothing, and you want to question God? He tells you, my perp- I heard the prayers of my people in Egypt. Go let them free. I'm sending you. I got you. I got everything you need. I mean, I can't speak and I, I, I can't talk. I can't walk and they don't like me. And that's your response. One and number two, don't be like Moses. Let's keep going. One and number three, don't be like Gideon. Don't allow your low self-esteem and insecurities to block what the, the, what you're thinking and what the blueprint. You're thinking of the blueprint is real. It's real. Let's look at Joshua chapter 6. Watch what Gideon does. Then the angel of the Lord sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash and the clan of Abazar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press to hide from the, the grain of the Midianites. Well, you can preach these whole things separate. But you don't thresh wheat. You, you're, he's, he's in a condition of hiding. He's, at this point, it's the book of Judges. It's the, 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 the Philistines and the other people are just ran them out the land, and they're in there hiding because they're taking their food, they're taking their resources. So he's threshing wheat in the wine. Under, you're supposed to thresh wheat so the wind blow and all the, the, uh, the, the, the wheat can stay and everything else can blow away. You don't do that underground. So he's already in a condition where he's not happy, where nothing is going right in his life, and God appears to him and gives him 
a blueprint. He said, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is, the Lord said, the Lord is with you, verse 12. The angel appeared and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Verse 13, Sir Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where is all the miracles the ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. That's two things he didn't already told him. Verse 15, but, the, but, the, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest of the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. Get your insecure, low self-esteem self. He's telling you what he's about to do in your life. He's giving you the blueprint, and all you're going to tell him back is what you can't do, you ain't able to do, and what you don't want to do. I'm the lowest in my clan. Lord, don't nobody like me. I only got like six followers. How can I start a men's women's group? I don't know. Go with the strength you have. In other words, I, what you have is all you need. Go. I've given you everything you had, me, uh, uh, young Gideon. Go. I'm going to deliver my people to you. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. You will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. He's giving him the blueprint. I'm about to do something crazy in your life. Gideon replied, if you're truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it really is the Lord speaking to me. Oh, my goodness. He's in t- what is wrong with us? To when God is speaking to us, all we can reply back is with our insecure, low self-esteem. Oh, Lord, I'm not this. Lord, I'm not that. I'm the least. I'm of this. I'm, give me a sign. See, this I'm talking to me now. Give me a sign. When I'm about to start this church, give me a sign. Give me some rhema word. We should use our, our Hebrew. Rhema. Give me rhema. What rhema word is a specific word from God for you. Give me rhema. And what then Gideon says that God, God, God shows him. Then he asks for a double down. And then in the next when he, he, he has his first couple of fights and he wins, and then God tells him to do something else, give me another sign. Like, Gideon is just, he's just weak and insecure. And every baby step he takes, he needs God to hold his baby hand because he's so scared. And then we're going to be coming into 2023 hot and ready for the, what God has for us. We can't question what he has for us. God, I don't understand it. It don't make sense, but I'm going to go. I had to get to that point where even replanting this church, we didn't have a bank account. We had nothing. We didn't have a member. We didn't have a building. We had nothing. We had my house, my living room, and some old speakers. We set them suckers up all everywhere, and we did what we had to do because God just said, go. I didn't have time, and I actually spent almost a year questioning him and running, just like getting low self-esteem. God, you know my past? Just like, Mo, you know where I've been. Nobody's going to come. Nobody's going to listen to me. You know, I used to be, boy, if you don't go. To where I actually felt a thing in my spirit of like, if you, if you don't do this, you're in trouble. I had to finally submit to him. But this is what we do. This ripped me up when I read this about getting, because this is like, give me, a, give me a sign. God gave me the sign. Give me another sign. God gave me a sign. Give me another sign. What you going to do, just keep doing this? He literally was giving people walk up to me that don't even know me saying, God said, can I, can I talk to you? God said to do this. I don't know you, but he, specific. All right, thank you, God. Give me another sign. Because I really, what it was is I was running and didn't really want to do it. I was in rebellion. I didn't want to really obey. I didn't want to give up my life. I didn't want to give up my Corvettes. I didn't want to give up my privacy. I didn't want no new friends. I didn't want to serve or do anything. I just wanted to post a video on Facebook, tell people about God loves you. I'll share the gospel with you and stay in my little corner. But that's not the blueprint. That's not what he wanted from me. Verse four, number four, one and four, don't be like Sarah. God is not a joke. Stop lying, by the way. He sees your heart. Watch what Sarah does. Y'all remember this in Genesis chapter 16? Y'all remember this? Jesus has come down with his two homeboy angels. They're about to go deal with Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he appears to Abraham, and Abraham says, stay with me. 
You know, he says, would you save him with 45? Would you save him for 50? Would you save him with 20? Would you save him with 10? He said, nope, I got to take care of him. And nobody's righteous there. Would you stay and eat with me? So the two angels go to deal with Sodom and Gomorrah, and Jesus stays there uh, uh, with Abraham. So watch what's happening. After, after Abraham sees his angels, he feeds them, and he says, where is Sarah, your wife? Jesus, where is Sarah, your wife? They didn't eat this good food. They didn't prepare them some good stuff. The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. Oh, nosy. That's what we would do. We act like we in there kicking. No, we in there listening like we cooking. No, we listen to the conversation. No, we eavesdropping. Sarah's eavesdropping. She hears the conversation from the tent. Watch what she does. Abraham and Sarah were both very old at this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having kids. She old. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is old? And when, my, when my master, my husband, is also so old. She's saying, he don't work no more. You know, when you get older, man, you know, everything works differently. She said, he's so old, I ain't seen that thing work in a while. Like, how can I enjoy pleasure for my master? It's in the Bible. How can I enjoy? Ain't no baby coming no time soon. <laughs> Y'all know what we do when we giggle? Sarcasticness, ain't no baby coming. You know what my husband is? That thing ain't working. That's what she was on, laughing when God had just spoke. I'm going to come here next year. You don't have a baby. I'm giving you the blueprint. The baby that I've been promising y'all, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah, okay. Have you seen my husband lately? All right. That's what she did. Watch what he said. Then the Lord said to Abraham, verse 13, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Like I said, I'll just put that in there. It's not in there. I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. Sarah, really? He just asked you, why did you laugh? Why would you even lie at that point? Just say, oh, my bad, God. My bad. My bad. Why would you lie? That's what we do. We just sit there and just lie. God can see your heart. He sees you. Y'all can lie to pastor all day. You really need to be dealing with God. You can lie to me all next year about how sick you are and how you can't come to church and how all these things are happening. And I'm going to support and serve you the best I can because I don't know everything. God doesn't show me everything. Sometimes he do be showing me. I'll be seeing right through y'all. But it's not me you have, to, you have to deal with. He sees you. He sees you're giggling and you're laughing and you're lying and you're messing around and you're laziness. He sees you. Watch this. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. I've seen you. I bet you just kept lying like, no, I didn't, Lord. I, I promise, just lying. You know how we do. Watch this, one and five. Don't be like the children of Israel. Do not fear and complain, but accept destiny and be willing to face obstacles for it. This is the part, this, I think this is for words way right here. The children of Israel had a promise. I'm going to take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. Like, I'm going to hook y'all up. I got y'all out of Egypt. Y'all didn't just leave Egypt. Y'all left ball and they threw their gold at y'all. Take it all. Just please get out of here. After God took their firstborn, they would just get, please leave. Y'all walk across the Red Sea on dry land. You watched Pharaoh's army drowning on the seashore. You watched the enemy. They only had one enemy at that point. It was Egypt. That's all they ever knew. You watched the thing that had plagued you for 400 years dead. And then when you get to the promise that God took you to, you're scared. Oh, God is taking us somewhere. He promised us some land. I'm talking real now. And when we get there, we're not going to be scared. We're going to pray harder than we ever have. See, what a lot of them did, let me show you what they did. Take me to Numbers. Take me to Numbers. Take me to Numbers. Let me just let the word of God do it for you. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. This was the report to Moses. Now, they had sent 12 spies over there, one from each tribe. 
They sit 12 spots over there to spy out this land. They didn't got to the land. They spawned it out like, it looked good over there. Hey, sent 12 people over there to kind of sneak and canvas it out. So this was the report to Moses. They came back and reported out. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and indeed it is bountiful a country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh, this is just what God said. Here is the kind of a, a fruit it produced. But the, the people living there is powerful. They brought back fruit to show. It took two men to pick it up, the Bible said. They brought back evidence of how great and the promises of God was. But watch what they focusing on. But the people there living there are powerful, verse 28. And their towns are large and fortified. They got walls, and they just, they fortify. How can we ever conquer them? We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. They're so big. Everything's, they got so much money. I'm just, I'm broke. God, how can I ever compete with them for the property? Like, oh, my gosh, everything's so big and everything. They're complaining. After God has told them already, it's yours. Watch this. Verse 29, the Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country, the Canaanites live among the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But verse 30, Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before the Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Only one of them had faith. Two of them had faith out of the 12. Watch this. But the other man who explored the land with, with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than us. So they spread the bad report among the land, among the Israelites, and the land we traveled through and explored would devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people saw, all the people were saw, all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt the like grasshoppers. Like we, next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. They gonna go back, and this is what this is what you this way gotta watch who you hang with next year. I got that lesson coming in a minute. Watch who you hang around. I got a lesson coming in our next series called Loving the Crew. Remember that song, Drake? Watch who you hang around. These people go to spy out the land. Now, they see everything that God promised them there, but all they can worry about is how big the enemy was, how fortified the walls was, and then they start to stretch the truth. They went back to their people like, we like grasshoppers by them. They just start to stretch and exaggerate everything out, and they thought the same thing about us. In other words, they said they notice how little we are. They're not even worried about us. And instead of them going back and spreading faith, they went back and spreading fear. So let's see what happens. Verse 9. I'm sorry. Uh, go to Numbers 14, chapter 1. Uh, to Numbers, chapter, uh, Numbers 14, verse 1. Numbers 14, verse 1. Then the whole community began to weep out loud and cry all night. Their voices rose, up, their voices rose in a great chorus and protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Oh, my goodness. So because you believe not the report of the Lord, but you believe whatever your Richard friend said, that's why on this fast we're doing Facebook. And y'all, I did not say YouTube. Whoever threw that in there, the devil is a lie. <laughs> I need YouTube for my lifestyle. <laughs> I live, I, I made some fire meatballs last week off of YouTube. I need the YouTube. Okay, we. We. You mixed it with your hands. I, <laughs> hey. No, but I use YouTube for a lot of my lessons and some of the some of the stuff. It's so much good content there. So I did not put YouTube. I think the wee man down back there was the one who threw that in there, actually. He was the one that screaming, YouTube too. I did not say anything about YouTube. I put Facebook, Instagram, I put up there where we fasting from. But they were so busy listening to their timelines, what the word on the street was, and they forgot what God, the blueprint that God had gave them. And they put their attention so much on what all the mess and the gossip, what everybody was saying. Literally, they start to cry out. We could go back to Egypt. Let's go back to slavery. Oh, my God. God said, I got a man for me, but I don't believe it. So let me go back to Joe. At least I could have been with Joe. I wouldn't have been lonely on the weekends. 
Like, we go back to the thing that was literally keeping us in slavery. It starts to look better to us than what the promises of God. Because we took our attention on what God said, and we took our faith and our hope on what God said, and we just started dwelling on our past, so the past started looking real good. Bondage felt, started looking better than deliverance. <sighs> Watch what they do. Verse 2. Verse, I'm sorry, verse 3. Why is the Lord taking us into this country only to have us die in battle? They didn't switch what the Lord said and put their own stuff in there. They took their, their blueprint out and put their word in. Our wives, our little ones, will be carried off in the, as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? They plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Oh, now y'all going against the pastor? Now y'all going to just go throw Moses out. All Moses did was lead y'all exactly where God told him to lead you. But since you don't want it and you don't have the faith to, let's just tear him down and pick somebody new and go back and die and just be back in Egypt. Verse 5, then Moses and Aaron fell to their face on the ground before the whole community of Israel. Verse 6, two of the men had explored the land. Joshua, and Nun, uh, son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, tore their clothing. They said, to, they said to all who agreed, all the people of Israel, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. Verse 8, and if the Lord pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is, it's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only, help, they are only helpless. Pray to us. See, they had, they are, they, they were remembering what God had said to them. They are only helpless preachers. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid. They remember who they were. Not who they were, but they remember who they were in Christ. Look who's with us. They have no God. We have one. They're a helpless preachers. Not because we're little and they big, because we have a God and they have none. Y'all remember David? We said he was an uncircumcised giant. He wasn't bragging and boasting how he was. He said, boy, you ain't got no God. And because you ain't got no guy, Goliath, nine foot ten, whatever you are, I don't care. I'm about to knock you out because I have a God and you have none. You're uncircumcised. You don't have nothing claiming you. They, they took they, they focus on how big that God was and looked at their own self. And, but we had a couple people who did it right. But verse 10, the whole community began to talk of stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to the Israelites in the tabernacle. Now watch what God has to say. He, see, this is what he does when we keep rejecting him. Verse 11, and the Lord said to Moses, how long would these people treat me with, with contempt? Will they never believe in me? Even after all the miracles signs I've done among them. Fire by night, cloud by day, take you out of Egypt, plagues. Water out of rock, manna out of the sky. And y'all still won't believe? Have I not been taking care of you all this time anyway? He says, I will disown them and destroy them with the plague. And I will make them make you into a great nation and even mightier than they are, he was saying to Moses. And if you continue, Moses pleads with the Lord and saves them. We preached about this a little earlier, how he intercedes for them and said, don't do it, Lord, because they're going to think you, they're going to look at you and say you can't save your people. But don't be like the children of Israel. Verse 6, don't be like the rich man. Don't love money and your career and popularity more than God's plan. Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. He chose the bread over the king. He chose his money and his career and his popularity and all the stuff he had. He had many possessions over God's plan for us. Like, come follow me. Come on, sell this stuff and follow me. That man said, I'm good. I ain't giving up my money. I'm good. You can keep your, I ain't following nothing. I'm going to keep my money. He had too much stuff. And too often we let stuff kill our divine destiny. We let the stuff we have rob us of what God is trying to do in our life. Verse 7, last warning. Don't be like Joseph, son of Jacob. Everybody can't know the blueprint. 
They may try to kill you. Watch Joseph, Genesis chapter 37. Watch what Joseph does. One night Joseph had a dream, and when, he took, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field trying to bundle, bundles, uh, we were uh, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be king, our king? Do you? Do you actually think that you will reign over us? They hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I had another dream. He said, the sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as, as to his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and, I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? Everybody can't know. Sometimes some visions God gives you, you got to be very, very careful who you tell about, talk to you about it. He had dreams and he went to tell his brothers and they hated him even more before it. Now, they already hated him because his daddy made him a coat of many colors. He was daddy's favorite. But then he comes and tells him what God gives him this dream and his plan for his life, the blueprint, what he's about to do with him. And his brothers hated him even more. He has another dream. You would think he learned his lesson. No, this time he tells daddy too. And then he said, you think we going to bow to you? He scolded him for it. Now, watch this. If you continue in the story, the brothers sell him into slavery. First, they was going to kill him. Thank God for one of the brothers that said, no, let's just sell him into slavery. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. They were going to kill him. Be careful who you tell what God is telling you stuff to. They may try to kill you. I made the mistake before, guys, of opening my mouth and starting to share words way vision with people. I cannot make this up. Literally, when we left certain situations, they tried to duplicate what I told them. Literally. The exact words and everything. Be careful who you tell vision to, because they were literally try to, they will try to kill it and take that from you. Motivation number one, we're almost done, believe it or not. Be like Joseph, <laughs> son of Jacob. Like, well, how are you going to just tell me don't be like him? Now you're telling me to be like him. Except long-suffering and being done wrong for no reason. Sometime God is going to give you a plan, and it's the part of the plan is going to be you going through a bunch of stuff that you did not do. He was sold into slavery, went to slavery to Potiphar's house. Potiphar, the, body, the Bible says that Joseph looked good and he had a body. Bible literally says this. Like, I don't know why they don't make more Bible movies. It would be some great movies. If they all the murder and scandal in the Bible, that would be like a whole, like, 20 series, 20-part series if they just went through the Bible. But he was sold into slavery, lied on. She tried to grab him and low-key rape him. He runs away. She rips his clothes. He said, I can't sin against God. I can't sin against my master. You can't get this girl. And the wife rips his clothes and goes to the master and says, he tried to rape me. Just lied on him for no reason. <laughs> they... Even though Potiphar knew his wife, he knew what she was about, and he knew Joseph was a righteous man. He had to do something. His, his reputation was on the line. So then he gives him, he goes into the dungeon. But the Bible says even in the dungeon, he found favor. So even in the dungeon, he was good, still obeying God, still honoring God, no matter all the things done wrong with him. He finds two guys in the, in the bottom of the prison. He translates their dreams operating in his gifting. He translates their dreams, and, when, and, and the dreams come through. And the cupbearer like, I'm going to remember you. He said, just remember me when you go before the king. But the cupbearer gets out. Everything David said happens, and he forgets about him. He forgets about him. And Jacob just sitting down there like, I just, I swore that was my moment. Dang. It wasn't time yet. Just doing, getting done wrong for no reason. Sometime when God gives you a plan, a plan you know, it's, it's, it's a part of just long suffering for no reason. Just suffering. It's going to refine you and build something in you I can't even explain. 
I've learned more during my years of suffering than I have in my entire life. I learned more how to trust God, believe God, hope in God more than I ever have in my entire life. Sometimes without pain, without anguish, without tears, without having to stay up at night, you don't, you, you beat your pride is in. God sometimes has to prune us and break the pride in us. So he'll allow something bad to happen so we can humble ourselves. He will let stuff happen. And even in the midst of Joseph, to stay faithful, motivation one, be like Joseph. Sometimes you got to just accept the long suffering. God, it's, got, it's an intended end and purpose for it. I don't have time to go into it. We've got to move forward. Motivation number two, be like Samuel. Listen, we talk too much, man. We talk too much sometimes. We just pray, 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 pray. Shut up and listen, 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 listen. Watch this. Samuel chapter one. I'm making this up. Verse three. Uh, uh, Samuel chapter three, verse one. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assistant Eli. Now in these days, messages from the Lord was very rare, and visitors were very quite uncommon. One night, Eli was almost about, almost blind by now. He had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He, when, he, when he got up and ran to Eli, here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed, he said. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and ran, went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. So don't tell me that God won't speak to you. God will speak to you fresh and you've never heard it more clearly than you ever have. Tell me, well, how do I know I never heard from God like that? Oh, don't worry. He will call you. Remember I showed y'all last week your calling will what? Call you. Ooh, y'all be listening. Watch this, verse 7. Samuel did not know the, verse, know the Lord yet. Verse 8. So the Lord called a third time. Once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he ran to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you, say, speak, Lord, and your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called, as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Sometimes we just need to listen. God be trying to reveal and talk to us, and we so be trying to tell him what we not, and so be trying to tell everybody else what God told us. We miss hearing the full thing. Samuel goes on to be the next prophet. He installs the first king, Saul. He installed the second king, David. He goes on to do great things. He was a great prophet because he listens to the blueprint. Verse 3, motivation 3, be like Mary. Accept and believe what is impossible and don't make sense. We talked about Mary last week. We read it. We don't need to read it again. We talked about Mary last week. Remember God shows up, says, Mary, you're going to get pregnant. He said, I've never been with a man. He said, don't worry, the Holy Spirit going to do it. She's like, uh, what? How, how is this happening? And remember, she asked a couple of questions. And I remember studying this. We're like, well, Eli did too. I mean, Zachariah did. So why you didn't get mad at Mary? See, she turned around and obeyed. Zachariah had honest disbelief in her heart. She was curious. Like, you know I've never did the thing right. So how, like, she was curious. She had curiosity. Zechariah had just doubt and disbelief in his heart. Mary asked a couple of questions. He said, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. She said, okay, Lord. And the Bible says she turned around and what? Obeyed. Be like Mary. Sometimes we just got to believe the impossible. We just got to accept that what God is doing at that moment is just impossible. Motivation four. Be like Paul. And this is a big one for a lot of us, and this is what holds a lot of us up. Be ready to face your past. You may have to go back and minister to the same one that you was trying to kill. Ooh, some of the same guys. I used to hit them like, bro, come through. We get on the chicks and drinking tonight. And the same ones I be having to counsel and pray for sometimes. Sometimes I have shame in my heart. Because I'm like, I know they remember that old me. 
God said this, I didn't want to do this. Sometimes we're going to have, this is a motivation. When God gives you the blueprint for your life, sometimes you may have to go back and face some of the same things, some of the same areas that you thought you was leaving and never going back to. See, I thought I could just bury my past and move on, but what you didn't know, God wants to use all them limits for the lemonade. He wants to use all that past. And what made Paul so dope and significant is that he did kill Christians, and God did call him from to be Saul and turn him into Paul. That's what made him so dope, that he did have an extensive past. And you can do what you're doing now for God with what you been, what you used to be. Watch this, Acts chapter 9, verse 20. And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is indeed the son of God. Immediately after he got, he got blinded him, he was blind for a couple days, he gets up and immediately goes in. Like, that's all I need to see. I'm on it. Verse 21. All who heard him and was amazed. Isn't it the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus, the followers in Jews? They start to talk about you. They ask, and didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? Verse 22, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews of Damascus could refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted to kill him. I remember your past. I don't care what you're talking about now. Even though it's obvious the truth, I don't like your past. I'm going to try to kill your character. I'm going to try to kill your reputation. See, now this is me. Now I'm going to try to stop everything God is doing in your life because of your past. And sometimes this is the blueprint. God going to give us a blueprint. He stopped him for three days. He revealed himself to Paul. Paul got right out of that blindness and went right into ministry and had to face his past. And it almost got him killed. Watch this. Verse 25. Verse 24, I'm sorry. They were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they can murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with believers and watch this, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he, they believe he had truly become a believer. Some of us guys are going to give us stuff. We got to face our past. And I'm closing here. We have to face our past. I got one more. We have to face it. And I want to spend a little time here because this is going to be the one thing that try to derail us. How can I post about Jesus now? For, for 10 years, I've been posting about parties. They're going to laugh at me. They don't want to hear that from me. This is what I struggle with. This is what made me run for so long. Well, how are they going to listen to an ex-hole? My family, well, they're not going to listen to me now. They ain't rock with me. They're, like, they're not going to accept what I'm saying now. No, no matter what Jesus did in my life, no matter if I spent three days blind spending time with Jesus and he converted me and called me, if he changed me from Saul to Paul and gave me destiny, gave me blueprint, they're not going to listen. I got to face my past. I got to go back to the same people that I used to lie to. I got to go apologize to some people that I hurted and I wronged. I don't, ah. But what did Paul do? He immediately got up. It's going to cost some of us in this area. They're going to have to go back to work to the same people you used to flirt with and say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't even been talking to you. I should have been wearing my ring. I, 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 yeah, and then like, all of a sudden, you a married man now? You was all acting. I'm sorry. You have to go back because God said, I need, you, I need you to change in this season. I need newness and freshness from you. I need you to step into my will. And in order for you to do that, you're going to have to face your past and face your mistakes. Watch this last motivation. Watch this last motivation. Be like Abraham, motivation five. Believe and be ready to lose it all for the promised destiny. Give me Genesis chapter four. Genesis chapter 12. Watch this. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. 
The Lord has said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into you a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. I'm going to bless you so much, the people who tag and attach to you are going to be blessed. I'm going to bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All families on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went over with him, his cousin, Abraham, 75 years old when, this had, when he left Haran. Watch this. He had to walk away from everything. God comes and says, this one, here's the blueprint. This is what I'm about to do with your life. I'm about to bless everybody on earth because of you. Abraham didn't turn around and say, you ain't going, how can this be? I'm, who are you? I'm the least of my family. He didn't come up with all this. He just said, he turned around, said, cuz, you rolling? Let's go. God said, let's go. And went to obey. Watch this. Give me, give me, give me chapter 14, verse 1. About this time, war broke out in the region. King Urphaphel, that was so wrong, of the Babylonia, Babylonia king of Erak, of Eleazar, king of Kindalomar, and Elam, a king of Tidal and Go, Goim, fought against the king of Bera and Sodom, king Bersha and Gomorrah, uh, king Shindab, and Ad, Adma, king of Shib. Boy, that's a lot of kings and a lot of different words. Of Zeoboam and the king of Bela and call, also called Zerah. When I be studying this, y'all be trying to remember these pronouncements like uh, verse 3. The second group of kings joined forces in Sinem Valley, that is, the Valley of the Dead Sea. For 12 years they have been subject to king. Let me, I want to read this from here. Let me grab this because I want to, this is, I want to read this because I think we're, I think we may be off of those. Like we're, that's not good. So watch this. Watch what happens here. Where you at? Where you at? Oh God, they delete it out of here. Let me just go with it. Abraham goes and he starts to face instant, instant trouble. You can pull it down. Instant trouble, instant situations, instant things that he had to come, he had to deal with. The very minute God gives him the blueprint, he did, he instantly has to go face these issues. And all Abraham does, say, Lord. You told me to go. You told me to do it. Well, let's go fight. We don't ever see Abraham start to doubt or come back at God or challenge God or challenge what he said. He just, well, Lord, you said it. Let's go. And God keeps giving him victory after victory after victory. It was even a point in time where Lot, his cousin, got captured, and he goes and takes a handful of meal and gets his cousin back and everything back. We need to be like Abraham. And when God is calling us to step up out of normal, normal and leave everything, there's going to be some friends you got to leave. There's going to be some stuff you got to leave. I had to leave my job. I had to leave my $130,000. I could make anywhere between ninety dollars and $153,000. That was my, it depended on what I wanted to do and what project I was on. I was very comfortable, extremely comfortable. And God said, what if I tell you to leave it and make thirty? I did not like the sound of that. But that's like a quarter less than like what I make. <laughs> like I, don't, I don't live like that. I like Corvettes and stuff. I don't live like that. <laughs> See, I gave him my plan. I like to do things for my wife. Like, I don't live like that. Like, I, don't, I ain't a dirty kind of guy. I got a master's degree. Like, I, don't, I, I gave him back my plan. He said, okay, well, until you, well, okay, take your little money. Go ahead and do your thing. And I got so convicted. I was, like, so convicted. Like, my head was down as I'm talking to the staff. Like, I just, uh, uh, oh, Lord. Like, how can God, you got to be willing sometimes to just leave it. 
Lord, what's the use of me getting associates and a bachelor and a master's and doing all this? And you just gonna just make me just go and like what's the point of all my life then? I didn't did all this. Sometimes you gotta be willing to leave it all. And say, God, if this is what you want for me, not my will, your will be done. If if you say preach and pastor, if you say start this group. If you say go back and rekindle and, and, and apologize and fix this, if you say submit to my husband, if you say love my wife better, I'm going to just do what you say. I'm not going to argue back. I, got, I may have to face my past. I may have to make some, uh, make some more mistakes. I got to trust you. I may not, you may not give me the whole plan. So many times he would tell Abraham to go, but then wouldn't say a word. He just say go. He wouldn't tell him the next steps until he stepped and went and said, man, committed to it. Some of y'all, he's just going to say go. And y'all going to have no plan, no steps. You're going to have to just go. Then he's going to say, now go up to there in Mount Sinai around the corner over there in Kansas somewhere. Like he, will we take 2023 and make it different? Will we, will we make a choice right now that next year I'm different? I'm giving God next year. I'm going to be found faithful next year. I'm going to serve and connect my brothers and sisters, and I'm going to connect to my church, and I'm going to obey my pastor, and I'm going to support what they're doing because God said next year is growth. That's our word for next year, growth. And God said, I need you to prepare for this because if the people are not going to be committed to my blueprint, they're not going to commit to it, it's no use. I'm asking everybody in here the month of January, listen to me, the month of January it's been so many new members and so much changes. God say, take them back to the blueprint. So we're going to do new membership class the entire month of January at 9 o'clock. It's 9.45. And here you go. Many of you that went through that already, like, I guess I don't have to come. Been through that already. Your heart is already messed up. This is the blueprint. God said, take everybody back and go, and, and like everybody's a new member, take them back, show them the past, show them the present, show them the vision, show them the future. Because in order for us to know what God is about to do next, we have to know what we've been and what he wants us to do. Y'all should be walking around here quoting our vision and mission statement. Because as you know, God said, come serve and be here. So everything you're doing is attached. God said, so what do you need to serve, Pastor? What do we need? What do we need to do? God said, well, it's time to grow. Not just here, but in our individuals walk with him that will, that will literally birth out growth in your church family. You're going to know the ones who've been reading and studying and praying and being faithful in their walk with Christ. It's going to birth out freshness in your church family. You're going to be praying for your brothers and sisters and ready to come up here and lay hands on each other. It's going to be a birth of spiritual gifts. What would your 2023 be like? I'm coming in hot. I've already decided, Lord, whatever you say, I do not care. Sometimes I used to be worried about, like, this. Is, and then I thank God for delivering from this. It's been some time now. I used to come into church, and I would go get dressed to get ready, and I would be praying to get ready. And I'm like, Lord, I just, what if there's two people here? Like, what if like two people in there? Like, I think I just stopped caring. Like, I don't, I could care less. Whether it's two or 2,000, I'm going to still preach like, I don't care. I'm going to do what the blueprint, I'm going to do what God told me to do. And I'm going to share the gospel at all times, anytime, and be ready. And some of y'all, it don't matter what it looks like, what your insecurities is, what's the thing the devil plays on you. You have to be ready to say, God, I'm going to do it anyway. Whether I'm running, whether I'm running this small group by myself and only one person show. Well, Lord, nobody joined my small group and I'm just here with me and my one person. What if God just wants you ministering to that one person and some of the things she wants to tell you about, can't everybody don't need to hear. So your group only got one girl who just need one and one time with you. But we complain because everybody be in Jordan group. Everybody likes to go to Ashley group. And only one person come to my group. What if God just said, I need you pouring just there? 
God going to give, he's going to break out some things in here. And it's up to us, God's plan. What's our plan now? Now we have to choose to obey it or not. I've given us all these examples. Fine. See, doing this fast, some of y'all going to have to, have to go and study some of these people. The person who you think that closely relates your issue when God talks to you, you may say, I'm like Gideon. I be wanting to believe God, but I don't have to go and actually study that. Get your commentaries and dictionaries out and everything and study it. Because I just did these quick little readings. I had to go study the whole thing. To me, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm more like Sarah, like, I ain't going to lie. Everything, I be, I just a joke. I, I mean, I'm like the rich man. Lord, I struggle with my money. I just, I, I struggle with it. I may have to go do some studying over this two weeks. To prepare because we coming this January 2nd to the 15th. We putting our faces before God and we're going to have, we're going to have a spiritual uprising in here. I'm taking my time because we're done. Y'all, I don't see y'all next week. We're going to have a quick little thing online. It's Christmas. Hey, uh, husbands and fathers, get with your babies. Spend time with your families. Me and Lady P going to jump up here and have some fun with y'all. Probably give y'all some Chipotle cards and stuff online and have fun with y'all. And just look at the year and look what we've done all year and kind of recap. And, and just I want y'all with y'all families that morning. Just enjoying it. Throw it on the TV and sit back for 30, 45 minutes and let me and Lady P just have fun with y'all. But I want to take this time to know this, this, this is our last Sunday. It's our last Sunday together. Be ready for 2023. I'm pastor switching up a little bit. I'm going from campaigning pastor. We've been doing church for 21 months. And at the two-year mark in February, at the end of February, I'm changing up. I'm going from the campaigning pastor to the pastor, pastor. Just holding you accountable and on your case. And you may not, I ain't coming back. Well, I'm, I'm holding you accountable. I will not have the blood on my hands. I was so nice and so cool with everybody that I just let them just, and I didn't really pressure them because I didn't want to offend them. So God, like, I, that was your sheep. And you let them get tangled up in the thorns because you wanted to be nice to them. And you didn't want to offend them. I'm not doing that next year. I got like a couple more days of me being really cool before I hold y'all accountable. It's something that I'm putting into place, re-putting into place. If I don't see y'all for about six to ten weeks, I'm going to consider you not a member no more. You can't go to your job for five days and go the next Monday like everything cool. And just walk in and clock in and sit at your desk. They're going to say, we consider you, you are an employee no more. The point of joining the church you're ex- is you're expected to serve your body, serve your family, help each other, be here for each other. Now, if you're not ready for that, I understand. I understand. But you expected to serve and help your body grow. I could ask any wife in here right now, let your husband not show up for a week, five days, and just come in and come in the next Day six. Like, hey, baby, give me a kiss. Like, it don't work, do it. But for some reason at the church, we've lowered the standard so much so everybody can just feel comfortable. I've never heard so many, I'm six, day six, we six, everybody six. Like, I'm COVID and I'm scared, I'm being careful. But you was at Price Shopper, you was at the baby thing, you was at Walmart, you was at the graduation. You was everywhere else is safe. Church ain't safe. Just, just we got a COVID and mask up and stay away from there because the people be trying to hug you. But you're around everything else. Them excuses don't work in 2023. That's not how we're going to see God next year. And if I'm not too scared to hold y'all accountable like that, y'all won't grow. And that's my fault. So I'm not, I'm not getting in trouble with God. I'm responsible for y'all. So when, I, when Pastor get on your case, oh, y'all see that text message pop up? No, no, you better read it. Don't be trying to avoid me now. It's called accountability. We have to grow. That's the only way God said growth will happen 
is when we choose to grow. And if this is, you just want to where you can go chill in the corner and don't nobody hold you accountable, you don't have to grow, it's probably not the place for you. If you don't want to talk and share and be part of nothing, you just kind of want to sit and do nothing, it's probably not the church you want to be at. And I'm not trying to offend nobody, I'm just keeping it a bill. Because what, we're, what God is doing here and what generation and the, and the harvest that we have to capture, we got to be on it. We got to be serving. We got to be loving. We got to be participating. We got to be active. We active in the chiefs. We active in everything else. We participate willingly. I'll bring the dip. We ready to do everything else until it comes to your church family. We're ready to participate and help and serve in everything else. We be in all the chili cook-offs at work and we, we setting up tables and doing everything everywhere else. How does God grow? So how you love and treat yourself, you should be trying to get that same energy to your neighbor and your church family. You should be active participant in your body. Okay, the word for this year was serve. It's not about me. That was what we started in this year. And I thank God for y'all. Y'all start serving. Pastor, where you want me at? I'm, I'm ready to go. Oh, my God, I thank y'all. Y'all some soldiers. But God said, I'm about to double, triple, quadruple this thing next year. But it's going to take us who are here now committing to him in our personal lives and in our family and our church families. In his, in his house. We don't want to just take care of our house. What about my house, he said in the book of Numbers. Y'all houses are good, but my house is sitting there in shambles. Y'all so worried about y'all life. They don't worry about my kingdom work. And some of us got to go kingdom-minded next year. We got to add in a piece of that to our walk with him. God, what do you want for me? There need to be a question you actively ask yourself. God, okay, I've done all. What I, okay, what, do, what can I do for you? We have never asked ourselves that. It's all been about us. What job we want? Where we want to eat at? What we want to do? Have you even prayed and asked God anything? And that's why I got to hold us at next year. Sorry, I have to be, I, I'm going to have to go there with us. Starting with myself. I'm, I, get the, I get the same scrutiny as you get. Before I ever bring this to y'all, I deal with myself on it. They're going to have more reading, more commitment, more time in his presence, more prayer. I tell myself next year, I'm at the church every morning, 6 a.m. to 6.30, I need to be here. Sometimes I get here 7, 7.30. Nope, you need to be here hours before everybody else. Even if I've already got everything done, just come sit in the presence of God then. Like, it's going up for me too. Like, all of us need to raise the standard of holiness and sanctification next year. I don't care about no Chiefs game. I don't care about none of that anymore. Chiefs can't save me and they never have. I love them and I thank God for this year. Most of the games was at 3 o'clock or 7. But I don't care if next year every game is at 12. I'll be here to 1230, 12.15, 12.30. I'm going to give God what's due to him for once in my life. Like, not let everything else mess and keep me from him. Will you do that? Is that your choice for, is that your plan for next year? You see God's plan now. What's yours? What's your plan for 2023? Are we going to obey his word or not? And let me warn you, he does not like lukewarm. He doesn't do hopscotch in the middle of the fifth. I'm, on, I'm good on Sunday. I'm going to do whatever the rest of the week. That's not what he owns. He will spit you out of his mouth. That's something that makes him sick of you. He said, I'd rather you just be cold. I'd rather just go live and party and do what you want to. Because I don't do this back and forth thing. Either you're going to trust me and live see you and you're going to talk to me and I ain't that. Like when you want something or you bored or you got time for me, don't, y'all don't accept that. So why do we think God just, I'll, I'll take it. That's what kind of year we have next year. That's the energy I'm coming with. 
And the first thing my flesh says, oh, that's going to make you lose half your people. Well, like maybe we need room for more. I don't know. But that's how I, we can't, we have to pursue true holiness. And if y'all really down, I, ho- well, I hope y'all are down. I hope y'all are. As a matter of fact, if you are down, stand to your feet. Let's pray. If you're really down, like next, 20, next year, I'm, I'm giving God my best. I'm giving him my best next year. If you really mean that, let's pray. And ask God for the help of the Holy Spirit, y'all, because it won't be easy. Like fighting your flesh. Woo! Remember what Paul said? It's a fight to the deck. But this is real. Fighting your flesh when you roll over and it's raining outside. And it's about 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9 o'clock. You're like, oh, boy, Lord, just give me this one Sunday. I don't want to go. Oh, get online, please. You got to tell yourself, no flesh, spirit, come on. It's fighting that flesh to get over and get in the shower is hard. But will you defeat your flesh this year? Bro, listen, <laughs> y'all, let me, I used to pay $1,275 a month ties. My ties is more than most of y'all mortgage and rents back then. And every paycheck, the pastor, I'm like, boy, what I could do with this seven? Boy, what I could do with this six? Boy, every two weeks, like, clockwork, like, boy, what I could do with this? Woo, I could go buy me another house. I could be renting it out. Because coaches say, like, I could be stacking. We could have 20 bands by the end of the year, babe. Like, when I used to see our sheets at the end of the year, 20,000 and 25,000 and 18, 17,000 of money we sold into ministry. I, me and my wife calculated since 2016, since we've been married, all the money we've given on our reports every year. I'm like, babe, we could have bought a whole house cash by now. I'm starting, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not mad about it, but I'm just like looking at it. Because now it's you and your obedience. And some of us are going to have to get, and we're going to get that check, and it's going to hit our spirits, send something to God. And we're going to be like, next time. Like, nah, next time. And God said, ah. Remember what he said in Malachi? He says, you're robbing me. You're robbing me. And we always think, well, you robbing me. No, he said, you're robbing me of the opportunity to bless you. I got riches in heaven stacked up, designed and purpose built for you. They're not for me. They're in heaven for you. You're robbing me of the opportunity to pour out on you. Now I got all this stuff sitting up here, just, just sitting here, and it's supposed to be in your life, in your hands, but you won't honor me. It's choices we're going to have to make in 2023. It's going to be tough. Stuff we ain't never did. You're going to have to call some dudes that you know they ain't getting married to. Like, bro, you got to go. Like, I know we've been kicking it. We've been cool. But you ain't my husband. And I know it. Bro, let's just end this here. Are you a cool dude, but you just not for me? Good day. You ain't got to block him because he's going to keep DMing you and calling you because, like, you're going to have to do some of that. Y'all going to have to make some really tough choices. Like, I got to make a hard one now. I've been already working on lately with my temper. And when my wife, like, when she be wanting something from me and I really don't be feeling it, I try to, like, I'm trying to learn how to, like, giggle and just, like, because normally it's, there's little things can turn into a little argument. When she needs me to do something or she's tired now, and we both tired, so we ready to just bump heads because we both tired and exhausted. Like, we got, I'm going to have to make some choices. Do your flesh win right now or are you going to fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Goodness, gentleness, I know I missed a couple. Or am I choose to let what's real come out of me? I'm going to just boom, just do whatever. We got some hard choices to make. But I promise you, this I can guarantee you, not because it's not my word, it's his, that if you come to him and give him everything, boy, you will never, you won't miss it. 
like sometimes, and some of us that's more mature, we keep giving to God and giving to God, and we feel like we haven't got back. That's because he has something, he's had something else waiting for you. But some of us babies in this, God said, I'll reveal myself to you. Try me. That's what he said in Malachi, try me in this. Pull my card and see if I ain't who I say that I am. Test me and see if I ain't about that life, KOT version. And if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you, he said, try me. It's the only time in the Bible we see him say, try me. Pull my card and see what I'm about. I dare you to test me out. We're going to have to make some hard decisions. So our prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I see the hearts of the people. And so many of them in here said, I'm down. I'm for 2023 is my, my, my time to come up in God. I'm choosing God's plan, not my plan next year. I'm trusting God's word and provision for my life. I believe that what he says and what he is is truly that. I'm going to try him. I'm 30, I'm 20, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 75, I'm 80, and I'm deciding for one time in my life, I'm going to completely commit myself to him. Lord, now when they do that, ah, you flex your knuckles and pop your knuckles, and you go enjoy the hearts of your people because that's what you're waiting for. You want their hearts. You want to reveal yourself to them. You say in your words, those who love me keep my commands. And then I will come in and I will reveal myself to them. You're going to be like Superman. See, we only know you as Clark Kent. But, oh, you're about to reveal yourself to some people. This is who I really am and what I've been really wanting to be in your life. I was just waiting for you to open up and keep my commands and let me in. Oh, when they start to obey you, waste no time revealing yourself to them. That Jesus is Lord, Father. If there's any heart in here, if anybody in here, pray, saints, pray, saints. Keep your eyes closed, please, by your head. Please, please respect this moment. Please respect this moment. Please listen to Pastor and Butler and close your eyes and just bow your heads and be praying. If there's anybody in here that's never accepted Christ to be their Lord and Savior, and you said, I'm going into 2023 with a, knowing for a fact that if I die, I go to heaven. Not because of what I did, because of what Christ has done for me. I accept his truth. I accept his sacrifice. I accept his free gift of grace today. I want to know Jesus. If there's anybody in here that's never did that, you say, I'm coming into 2023 hot. 